0: Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, how's it going, everybody? Happy birthday, happy third year anniversary. Man, I'm thrilled to be preaching to you today on this auspicious occasion. And to dive straight in, the Bible says in Acts chapter two, what better verse to read as we celebrate three years as a church. Acts 2, 42 through 47 says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising god and enjoying the favor of all the people and the lord added to their number daily those who were being saved first corinthians 3 7 says so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only god who makes things grow father speak to us today we pray in jesus name amen It's amazing to think that today we celebrate three years as a church. That in 2019, the church launched and we celebrated year one and year two, both at home, online, in an online pandemic, and in a lockdown state here in the province of Ontario. What an amazing opportunity to stop and thank God for all that He's done, for all that He's brought in, all that He's healed and all that He's grown to embrace this moment, to look back and see how far we've truly come. To think that our first gathering was the Mary Churches, the Humphreys, and a New Zealand couple in Ottawa on a four-year work visa on a diplomatic status, our great friends, the Spencers, in our kitchen in Haven. That local church was an organic, grassroots movement that grew from our kitchen to the lounge room where Mike infamously called me Eli to the basement and then to Knox to now here at Southminster to have an online presence to have a community of believers dotted around Canada and different people leaning in all over the world the church is the people isn't it it's the shared experiences it's the good that we do it's the journey that we take together it's the shared commitment that we have as a group of people local church In essence, through and through is a church plant with no financial backing, no existing relationships. To think that we knew nobody in Ottawa outside of Mike and Dallin before we connected with them, we had zero relationships. That the next three years would be a whirlwind of meeting new people and building new friendships and God moving through our lives. Acts chapter 2 lays out for us the experience of the early church. Since 2019, as I look through the list, three years into our journey, I can see that we have so much to celebrate. And using the early church as our benchmark today, let's exegete Acts 2 and figure out exactly what it is that we have to celebrate on this great day. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. We get to celebrate, I think as a church today, number one, the devotion to the apostles' teaching. The Bible says in Acts 2 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And we would say today that what they meant by that is they devoted themselves to the Bible. But at that time, remember, these were scrolls and letters written by the apostles to the early church to inspire them and edify them and encourage them on their journey to launch and release them into the ministry, that they devoted themselves to reading the Bible. Well, I'm glad to announce to you today that at local church, every week, we teach the Bible. I'm so glad, and I think that that cannot be overlooked. I think we can't look past the fact that as a church, we value the Scriptures, that as a church, we come around the Scriptures, that we love the Bible, that it's a hearty chunk of every service, that in our prayer meeting, in our staff meeting, in our retreats, We focus on what the Word of God has to say. When I think about the preaching team, Nadia, Tyler, myself, Jaden, Caleb, Alicia, I know the work that these people put in, but the work is not focused on ancillary illustrations, but the work is focused on diving into the Word and being careful to preach the Bible. Anecdotes, illustrations, and parables, they're all great, but it's the Word that changes It's the word that deeply impacts the human heart. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Paul said this to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 2. He said, I give you this charge, preach the word. Friends, I'm glad on our third year anniversary to say that I think as a church, we don't preach perfect sermons. We've got a long way to go to be preaching perfect sermons. But friends, I'm so glad to let us know today that I believe that we can celebrate that each and every week we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. The Canadian Bible Engagement Study took place a few years ago. The Evangelical Fellowship of Canada collaborated between the EFC and the Canadian Bible Forum, including the Canadian Bible Society, Gideon's International Bibles here in Canada. And they came out with some survey results around church attendance and Bible reading. And I quote, it said this, First, the bad news. Since 1996, there's been a dramatic decline in regular Bible reading, from 28% reading at least weekly to just 11. And weekly church attendance from 27% To just 16. specifically only five percent of canadians report reading the bible daily bible reading is down by 60 percent weekly and monthly what's surprising and distressing the study goes on to say is that most christians either seldom or never read the bible a decline evident not only in the historic protestant and catholic churches but also among evangelicals too it was also surprising To discover the decline was even sharper among older people than youth. The most important finding of the study, however, is the undeniable link between Bible reading and church attendance. Simply put, the more people attend church, the more likely they are to read the Bible and to believe that it is the inspired Word of God. The bottom line, as Murray puts it, is church attendance and engagement with the Bible go hand in hand. You'll have a healthy church if you have healthy engagement with the Bible. And the reverse is also true. A church that has little engagement with the Bible will fall apart. Sobering words. Let us at this three-year juncture be people that keep being a community that is dedicated to the Bible. The Bible is a tough book to read. It doesn't always tell you what you want to hear. It's easy you can uh, cherry-pick the right verses but then you realize that the Bible says that Jesus says in this world you will have trials, and we put that aside. Did you know that three chapters a day of Bible reading will have you finish your Bible in one calendar year? Let's be a people that continue to love the Word of God. We joke and we make many movie illustrations and running references and pop culture references, but all in an attempt to keep the Bible alive and make it a focus every single day sunday the second thing i want to point out here as we exegete acts 2 is number two it says devotion to the fellowship and the breaking of bread devotion to the fellowship and the breaking of bread well i'm glad to announce to you today that our church loves bread find the lie that's facts we love bread we love when people make sourdough during pandemics and when, when cinnamon rolls turn up at church on a Sunday. We love bread. But seriously, my point here is simple. This is probably the most easily characterized value of local church, and that is simply this, that we do love people, we love fellowship, we love relationship, and we love being in community. I remember in the early days, I met with somebody, maybe 2018, 2019, and they said to me, Levi, look, I'm looking to engage more in the supernatural, and I think our, our church can do more in regards to this kind of ministry. I said, absolutely, absolutely. I, I feel the same way. When the time is right, I believe that we should do those things. And this person leaned across the table and said, look, i, I, I would say this one thing. If there's one thing's for sure, local church really loves people. And the person said it kind of like as a slight against the church, like I'd rather we were more engaged in the supernatural but at least we love people. And I, I left that day, I jumped in the car and drove home, and I thought, dang, Like, isn't that the best thing ever? To think that we as a church were characterized by someone as a church that really loves people. A few weeks ago, I was, we had church, and church had wrapped up here in this building. And um, I, it was just like a normal Sunday, and just like an average day where people were just hanging out afterwards. Church started at 3, finished at about 4.15. By about five to six, there might have still been, ah, look, roughly between 30 and 50 people still hanging around in the auditorium. It got to the point where the person who had the keys to lock up the venue turned the lights on. Oh, actually, turned the lights off. Then that same person then started playing very loudly here on the grand piano that's behind me and started making those, you know, uh, doing those little idiosyncrasies that are quite loud in and of themselves to let us know that, hey, it was time to leave by the time we walked out the door it was 6 15 which is two hours after a service that lasted just more than an hour our church is a church that loves people we love hanging out we love building authentic relationships because i believe that's where christianity truly and deeply happens we love hanging out deep into the night we love summertime at the humphreys I remember last uh last summer i was at the humphreys and i was out there on uh, one, maybe it was, uh, it wasn't May 2-4 or Canada Day, maybe it was, yeah, actually Canada Day, but one of the long weekends, and I was out on the, uh, on the Ottawa River, on the Humphreys, they got this um, like trampoline. And I was on the trampoline, and while I was there, I was on the tramp for three hours in total. While I was on the, maybe longer, while I was on the tramp, people were bringing me like sunscreen, because they were concerned I was getting burnt. Beautiful day out. 30 degrees, Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I was watching families arrive to hang. They were then hanging out for an hour or two and then getting to the point where they were then leaving because they kind of had like, done all the hanging and they needed to get their kids home to the point where I didn't actually get a chance to meet those families because they came and left while I was hanging out on the trampoline. But people were coming and hang out with me on the trampoline. I spent a few hours with my great friend, our great, our great friend, Chris Vandering, just talking about life and different people would come in and we were having a great time. The kids would come, stand up, pedalboard board back. I say all of that to say this, they devoted themselves to fellowship. In other words, their devotion was to the word of God, but they devoted themselves to building a healthy community. Three years in, I'm really, really proud And I'm really, really glad to say that as a church, man, I believe we do those two things. Could we improve? Absolutely. Could we make room for others? 100%. But do I feel like we're getting a pass mark on the report card because we value relationships? I really do. Margaret Mead is is quoted in saying this, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Number three, if you're taking notes, as we look further into this verse, it goes on to talk about the fact that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and fellowship, and to prayer. Number three, our church has a devotion to prayer. Our church was born out of a prayer meeting. We had a stirring in our spirit, Denario and I. We sought God, we fasted, we prayed, we believed him for his provision for the right people. We looked to him for his um, guidance, for his clarity, for his wisdom, and God answered our prayers. We pray every week for an hour as a staff. On a Wednesday, we sing songs of worship and praise, and we pray for you. We pray for the church. We pray for God's guidance. God then connected us with a deeply prayerful healing retreat in Westport called Canada. It was prayer that unlocked. Did I just say in Westport called Canada? I meant called LL. Prayer unlocked a change of strategy in 2018 where we were going to throw tons of money at a marketing campaign and really launch the church like, like a SpaceX rocket flying to Mars. But God spoke to us about changing our strategy. Be more humble, be more slow, believe to grow organically. Prayer helped us find out who we are. Prayer helped us discover the characteristics that are local. It was prayer that guided us to Southminster when we lost... Knox, our previous venue, in the middle of the pandemic, in fact, right at the beginning. As a community, we are devoted to prayer. Prayer is a core part of who we are. But as we look ahead, Acts 2 sets lofty standards for the church. It sets high goals for the church. They were together, the Bible says. They had everything in common. They sold property. They gave to anyone who had need, the Bible says. These goals are so high. It's seemingly so unattainable. But for us as a church community, as we celebrate how far we've come in three years, and as I look at the scripture and see the things that we can look and say, man, we do those things, we can give ourselves a pat on the back, I then look and go, oh my gosh, what then are we praying for for the next three years? What then are we praying for as we look ahead to all that God has for us? And as we continue to read the scriptures, I find three more things. And if you're taking notes, you could write these down. The first thing I would say as I, as I speak prophetically about what I'm praying into, the first one is this, is that they were filled with awe. They were filled with awe at the many wonders, the Bible says, and signs performed by the apostles. That we would be a people filled with awe. That we would be a people open to the supernatural. Expecting God to do miraculous things. Acts 19 11 and 12 says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Verse 12, and I read this last week, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. We were prophesying the other week, and we had a prophecy for one of our staff members talking about how Gideon prayed that prayer, didn't he? He prayed that prayer and said, where are the signs and wonders that our fathers told us about? That I want to be a church filled with awe based on what God will do through us and what we could see happen in his presence. That God has the ability to perform supernatural miracles in our lives. For us, a miracle is a highly improbable and extraordinary event. But really, for God, it is entirely normal that we can't explain it with scientific laws or natural laws, that it's well beyond our realm of recognition, that we consider it to be the work of divine agency, that it's improbable and highly unlikely. But for God, it's just Him moving, healing physical ailments, health challenges, the breakdown in relationships that can be healed and fixed, seeing the body healed, seeing people's finances restored, seeing genuine miracles in the lives of people, my prayer, is that we would see God do great things and we would be in awe at the signs and wonders. Some time ago, Hugo came home from school and he had a particular toy at school that we didn't have at home. And I don't know if you know what this is, but it was called a marble run. Came home talking about a marble run. I didn't know quite what he meant. And Nadia, Nadia figured it out and she ordered a marble run. And it's, it's, it's a plastic set of Tetris ramps and you put a marble in and it goes down and around and through and out the other side and it's pretty cool and Hugo started building and it got to the point where he was like building these like really elaborate marble runs and he's building these plastic things and putting these marbles in and it got bigger and bigger and bigger and more advanced to the point where it was beyond his abilities to control the tower that there was these times where it would get so big that the tower that he built was taller than him And he needed a higher power to be involved and for hugo the highest power in his life in our home is me it was becoming dangerous he said dad can you help me and i remember giving him a hand and holding what he was doing and leaning and building a stronger base and we would build it together thinking about us as a church as we move forward we're hugo aren't we keen active motivated passionate limited and then there's a higher power, and it's not me. That higher power is God, creative, powerful, bigger, different, transcendent, miraculous. That we could do all we can to build this great church that we believe like God is building, but it's gonna to get to the point where we say, God, like we wanna be in awe of what you are doing and what you are building, it's well beyond us that we have had help on this journey and we believe God for more. And my prayer is that we become a people in awe of that help, in awe of God moving on our behalf and see the signs and wonders in our time. The second thing I'm praying for, and it goes on to say this in the scripture, is that we would enjoy the favor. The Bible says that they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. Well, I'm praying for favor. And I'm praying for favor, not like it's just a cliche that I think it's something that we might get. I want to pray for favor, for God to move in miraculous ways. I want to pray for doors to open, for people to have job opportunities they could never dream of, for people to walk into financial gain and relationships that they could never dream of, to see couples get married in the church that they could never dream of, to see our church be given buildings and and to move in the miraculous and see doors open that we could never dream of. Believing for favor with people expecting pregnancies and jobs and answers. Unbelieving for favor with government officials, community leaders, business people, marketplace ministries. Favor is the belief that God will open the door and shut the ones that we don't need to walk through. Daniel 3 verse 24 is a scripture I want to touch on just for a minute. It says this, then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men, three men that were tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty, there was. Verse 25, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, and governors and royal advisors crowded around them. Note this. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. And note this today. There was no smell of fire on them. My prayer of favor is for the people of our church, is that God would... Be so present in our lives that we might walk through danger but never smell of smoke. That we might walk through tough times but never be people who are impacted by those tough times but be covered by God's anointing. Policy analysts, government employees, engineers, teachers, mums, students. That we would walk through tough times socially but be protected by God all the while. That his favor would be evident on us that there would be something different about God's people from our church. And the last thing I'm praying for is this, is the Lord adding. The Bible says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That He added to them, that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. For the Lord to add. For people to be saved. Church growth can be kind of icky sometimes especially when the pastor demands it, demands that we grow, demands that we bring friends, demands that we preach the gospel to everyone, even if they don't want to hear it. Demand, demand, demand. I would prefer a healthy church than a growing church. But I want a church if we can't believe for both, and if we can't pray that the Lord would add. Could we believe for the Lord to do the adding? Could we believe that when we're added to, Could we have faith that it was the Lord that did the adding? Let's pray that the church grows. But as it does, let's believe that it was the Lord who did it. The Bible says, and I read this a moment ago in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 7, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Neither the one who plants or the the one that waters did anything, but only God who makes things grow. We, um, we, it's spring. And so we've bought plants and flowers and Nadia's outside and I'm giving her a hand, digging things up, we're planting things and she's faithfully watering them. The kids love them. And I think about the fact that we did our very first maple tap as a family. We tapped a large maple tree in the backyard with a few maple taps and buckets. And I think we got about, uh, dare I say, a liter of Maple tree sap, which meant that we were able to boil that 40 to 1 to get what was probably a thimble's worth of maple syrup, to which we overboiled and made like maple, um, like taffy. That was our first experience. We tapped the tree a little late. We don't have that many maple trees on our property, but I think next year we could get a few liters and have ourselves some maple syrup to call our own. But it's amazing, right? Because I'm not there talking to the tree saying, okay, tree, all right, Groot, Levi here, Um, I'm asking if you would please produce sap for me and and, and produce fruit for me, new apple tree and pear tree, I want you to, to just do your thing. I'm not talking, I'm not examining, I'm not manipulating, I'm not having a conversation to try and coerce or compel fruit to come from these trees or maple sap for us to produce syrup. I'm actually just doing my best to cultivate To plant and to water but it's God who makes it grow it's God who brings the increase it's God who brings the fruit the fruit of the Holy Spirit I love it because we can go after the fruit or we can go after the Spirit we can go after the fruit and richly desire that he would move in our lives or we could just partner with God and go after him and as a result of going after him the byproduct is the fruit that is in our lives As I close, 1 Corinthians 3, 7. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. We're nothing. But only God who makes things grow. You are here today because you feel like you're a part of a community that provides growth in your life. You tune in every week. You're a part of our online family. You're a part of our church. Because you believe that God is moving in your life, that there's growth and health as a result. And friend, I'm so thrilled about that. But it's so important that we reinforce the fact that it's not technology, it's not great communication, but it is God who makes things grow. And so, friend, today, I'd like to give you a chance to connect clearly with a God who can help you grow, with a God who can speak life, with a God who can bring life into your world. And our God so loved us that He sent His Son, whose name is Jesus, to pay the ultimate price to die on the cross to pay the ultimate price to die on the cross for you and for me. And so friend, if that's you, I would love to pray with you today that you could get your life right with God, to connect or reconnect with Him in a deep and meaningful way, to see growth in your life. And as we celebrate three years, we would love to be a part of the journey of celebrating with you. And the best thing that we could celebrate is one sinner coming into relationship with God, repentance. So friend, if that's you, before I close, before I hand back to our MCs, let's pray today. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I ask you, forgive me of my sin. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amazing. So grateful. You can click in the chat there. One of our prayer partners will reach out. We love you so much. I'll see you next week and I'll hand back to our MCs. See you later, church. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.